challenges, changes, choices, and chances. Buckle up. This might come across as a bit of a rant. And while it certainly relates to pilot wife life, it relates to anyone else's life too. Because life is a journey, whatever your situation. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your first class life as a pilot wife and aviation family. I'm your co-captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and I cannot imagine any other lifestyle. Yes, there's no doubt it's a mix of turbulence and blue skies, but what life isn't? I'm here to bring you the best that the aviation life has to offer. If you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, details are at the end. And if you want the Pilot Wife Survival Guide and Checklist, go to pilotwifechecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage, strap in, and let's unpack the Pilot Wife life. Hello, hello, hello. Well, it's almost fall and pumpkin spice is everywhere. Pumpkin is just in the air, which of course means fall. Now, being in Scottsdale and being that this week we're going to be mostly in the 105 degree range, ugh, it doesn't feel like fall, but there's little pieces of it creeping in in the early mornings and later evenings, and it just has the air just has a little bit of a different feel about it. You may know what I'm talking about, and you certainly do, depending on where you are in the country and in the world. Now, um, I don't know how your summer's gone. I just thought I would talk about that just a little tiny bit. Hopefully, it has been great for you. I know for me personally, I set a goal this year to get out of the Scottsdale heat, to get out of the Phoenix Valley of the Sun to get out of the heat. And that goal was to travel about every other week for summer. And I'm happy to say I've nearly accomplished that. Um, I think in August, I was gone more nights than I was home, Um, which isn't how I always like it, but it certainly has been great to keep my attitude in check and not get so bogged down by the scorching hot heat. So yay for goal setting. I'd love to hear what your goals are and how you did maybe over the summer accomplishing them, or if you have some for fall. So what is new with you? Me, I have some exciting news, um, at least exciting for me. Four years ago, literally to the date that I'm recording this, I moved my daughter from Arizona to Nashville, and she was 23 years old at the time. Interestingly, when I was 23 years old, I also moved to Nashville to open up the American Airlines Hub. Um, That was a fun, interesting time. Unfortunately, that hub is gone and all my work in sales and marketing, I won't say it was for naught, but um, I certainly beat the streets all over the southeast part of the country, which I'm happy to say took me to every single state except South Carolina, which I ultimately got to about two years ago. But it was a fun, fun adventure for me and a fun adventure for her, even though it kind of broke my heart to move her there. But the good news is in less than two weeks, I fly out there and I move her back from Nashville to Scottsdale. She spent four years there. She had a great time. Well, for most of it, but she definitely knew that her heart was back in the Southwest and she wanted to be out here. And it was definitely music to my ears when she said, mom, I miss you guys. I miss your parties and I miss, I want to come for Sunday dinner. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess I better start doing Sunday dinner again. (laughs) I actually do 
pretty much. But anyway, it was just fun. And that's an encouragement to any of you with littles who are thinking, oh my gosh, will I ever get past those years? And will all the things that I do ever matter, et cetera? Yes, they will. And it was funny after she left and I didn't have her around, um, I went through kind of a loneliness phase. And it was about that time, about a year and a half ago that I hosted my first Phoenix Scottsdale American Airlines pilot wife fly in to really meet more people, to um, get myself back acclimated and get myself out there. Because once your kids leave the nest, sometimes you have to work hard yourself to make those friendships, to have fun people to travel with. And that's the beauty of the aviation life is that you can have built in travel partners if you work to, um, you know, really build those up and create those relationships. So I encourage you to do that. And it happened after Cinco de Mayo. Um, I actually hosted it in May and it happened after Cinco de Mayo, which is one of my favorite non-holiday holidays. Um, just a good reason for margaritas and tacos, right? But I did that because I last minute, my husband was busy that day. And last minute I started calling around to see if anybody wanted to do anything. And it seemed like all my girlfriends were out doing something with their adult daughters. So huge envy set in. So I'm just here to say my secret prayers have been answered. So that's a little bit of an update on me. I'd love to hear what's going on with you. You can always go to pilotwifepodcast.com and leave me a message. All right. So challenges, changes, choices, and chances. I said, buckle up, put your own oxygen mask on first, chart your course. Remember that every single flight taking off, at least commercial flight, is headed to one destination next, right? They've got one destination that they're headed to next, ideally, just one. So let me ask you, where are you headed in your life right now? Now it's funny. Airline lingo is really perfect for describing how we experience and journey through life. And I'm big on analogies. If you know me, you know that. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that. Um, I love mantras and I love doing a lot of work on my thoughts and mindset work, but my daily thought downloads, I journal. Um, I have a lot of tools and techniques that I take my clients through to help them upgrade their life. That's an important part of it because we can create more happiness, create more balance, create more calm and peace when we're very intentional. So I've been a bit of a personal growth and development junkie for nearly 30 years. I started my work, if you will, in January of 1997, when a box of books showed up on my doorstep uh, as part of a program I had signed up for. This was um, way before the start of online programs. I actually signed up for it out of the back of a magazine, believe it or not. And that book was mocked to with your hair on fire. And um, it truly changed the course of my life because I thought I was a positive person. I was one of those, if you asked me if the glass was half empty or half full, I always said, oh, it's not just full, it's overflowing. I come across as very upbeat and cheerful. But what I never realized and never really paid attention to was my self-talk, that inner dialogue with myself, those thoughts that run through my brain, the way I think about myself, when I catch my reflection in the mirror, a lot of those different things. And we don't often intentionally think about that but it's so important. We all have thoughts and fears and stories from the past and beliefs and images that we run through our minds. And I certainly did. And before I really began to get intentional with my thoughts, 
I thought that life just happened to me, right? Life just happened that everything that went on in my life was outside of my control. And certainly much of it is outside of your control. None of us can control another person, nor can we control some of the events that happen. Um, life is life, right? It begins and it ends. So we have births, we have deaths, we have marriages, we have divorces, we have all different situations that go on. And while we can't control all of those, we can control our thoughts, our reactions, our feelings, and how long we allow those to take over our space, if you will. So what I really learned through the course of the last 30 years nearly um, is that focusing daily on controlling my thoughts, being aware of them, acknowledging them, and ultimately accepting them and taking action on them is what creates a better, happier life for me. So let's first talk about challenges. We all have things that happen, negative events, negative people, negative situations and circumstances. I mentioned people die. That's outside of our control. It's going to happen to all of us, right? None of us get out alive. So we know that going in and we sometimes are prepared for it when it happens, but very often we're not. But whenever anything negative happens to us, an event, a person, conflict, situation, circumstances, we have a thought about it. And that thought that we have is what creates that feeling or that emotion within us. And from that, we typically form a belief. And that belief often is something along the lines of, what does this mean about me? What does this other person's actions or activities mean about me? What does it mean about my future? Uh, all of that, okay? That's how beliefs are formed. And beliefs define us. And very often, sadly, the beliefs that we live by today, wherever we are in our life right now, are just stories from the past that we keep reliving. reliving. Now, I mentioned the book that changed my life, Mock Two with My Hair on Fire, written by Richard Brooke. And he, in it, he tells a story of being, I think, eight or nine or 10 years old, something like that, and being out on the baseball field. And I believe he was the pitcher. He threw a pitch out there. The batter hit it. It was batted back and it hit him and it hurt. And at that young age, um, he started crying. And ultimately, that became mortifying for him because, of course, boys are taught don't cry, never show emotion. But, you know, at that age, it still hurts when you get hit. And at any age, it does. But unfortunately, men and some women, too, have learned to bury those feelings. But he was embarrassed. He felt shame. Um, and all of that led him to the point where over the course of his life, he began to hate baseball. He just hated it. He never would play it again. He avoided the game, everything about it. And over time, as he began unpacking that experience, those feelings, and those beliefs that went along with it, he realized he was avoiding it um, out of fears from one instance that happened. It happened one time only once, but he be, had relived that situation over and over and over again in his mind hundreds of times. The fear, the embarrassment, the shame, the avoidance. And ultimately that became a fear of being in the public eye in general, fear of speaking, fear of putting himself out there because what if something happened and he was humiliated again? And I think most of us can look back and think of something in our life that's happened where we felt embarrassed or shamed or feared or what fear, or whatever that we have relived over and over again in our minds. 
How often have you done this about something? Think back on those painful times in your life. I mean, do you or have you held on to stories from the past? I know a lot of times it happens with betrayal. If we um, have a partner, no matter how young in life, that's unfaithful to us, right? We tend to play that story out over and over again. We have that expectation. We create that belief around everyone else who comes to our life. And we hold them up to this expectation uh, that that's what they're going to do, that that's what's going to happen for us. Um, or any negative things that have happened, we very often keep bringing those and keep replaying those out in our life over and over again. Same thing with negative comments. Many negative comments that we hear as a child, whether it's around our weight or body image or whether we're smart or dumb or how did you possibly get a D on that test and um, around money, relationships, I mentioned infidelity, abuse, um, absent or single parenting, loneliness, death and loss, illness. There's so many things that can happen to us as a child or all the way up through our life, those negative situations that we take on and relive those stories over and over and over again. Now, in this, I started with our negative experiences, but think back on positive events in your life. How often do you run those back through your mind? How often do you think about something great that happened, a promotion that you got, um, someone who recognized you or praised you, um, how well you did in sports or the arts, uh, an award, I mentioned that, those nourishing positive environments um, around a time when you felt really empowered and beautiful and positive about your body image and smart and all those things. Think back, almost all of us have those times in our lives too. Unfortunately, very often we bury those and um, they get lost in the whole shuffle. Women, especially um, women in the mirror, right? Oh my gosh, women in the mirror. We have these societal norms and standards that we've been brought up around um, the thin culture, the diet culture, the perfect body image, Barbie and Barbie dolls, so much of that. And social media has done nothing but make that worse as we compare our B roll to everyone else's A roll. And we look at everybody else's life and their weight and um, the way they look in clothes and how perfect their children look and so much of that. And we measure ourselves up to that, those norms and standards. And that can create feelings of unworthiness and comparanoia and ultimately just not being good enough. So those are challenges. We all have them. I want to encourage you to just check in on where you are right now emotionally. What's going on in your life? Where might you be feeling challenged? And at the same time, what areas are you feeling positive and empowered in? I've mentioned my five F's before. I live my life around my five F's, five F's, which five F's, easy for you to say, which are faith. It all starts with faith, my belief in a higher power, my belief in myself, my belief in my abilities, my mindset, all of that falls under faith. I have family and friends. Those are the relationship areas. Fun. I always say it's one of my top values. If it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Fitness, that goes for everything. I want to be fit in all the areas of my life. I want to be physically fit, make good choices around nutrition, my workout routine. I want to be fit mentally. 
I want to be fit in my faith and mindset. I want to be fit in my relationships. And then my ultimate F, which is finance, and that's career, um, business, uh, money, security, all of that. And I certainly want to be fit there. So I use all of those. Where am I feeling positive? And where am I feeling challenged around my relationships, my weight, my health, my overall well-being? Okay, where am I feeling around challenges with loss and death, even in politics in the state of the world? Oh, that's a whole rabbit hole. I don't really want to go down. But most of us know that we've had a lot of anxiety and fear created over the last couple of years. But do we really need, and even more important, do we really want to hold on to those? Because here's the thing. What do we really control? And I mean, really control. Two things. Our thoughts around what it is that we're feeling and experiencing and our reaction to it. And that's it. We don't control another person, not their feelings, their thoughts, or their actions. We don't control the outside forces. We don't control any of that, but we do control our thoughts and our feelings and our reactions around that. And by reactions, that even means if you want to make a difference, if something's going on that you don't like, you've got to get out there and get involved. Now, I just want to throw this in. If you feel like you've been stuck on the struggle bus for far too long, I would invite you to have a conversation with me about it. As a mindset coach, um, I have tools and processes to help you navigate any challenge successfully, whether it be around relationship struggles, weight and body image, career, you name it. And the best part is you'll upgrade yourself to a first class experience for life. Just go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. Okay, that was challenges. Now let's talk about creating change around those challenges. This is where thought work and that mindset work is so important. And I acknowledge that while it's so important, it's also challenging or can be very challenging. Here's the thing. It's one of my mantras. I can't change what happened, but I can change my thoughts around it. So we can't change what's happened about anything, but we can change our response. And most importantly, we can change how we allow what's happened to shape our thoughts, to shape our emotions and feelings, and ultimately to shape our actions and reactions. And ultimately, that charts the course for our lives. I mentioned you're, you're, you're one aircraft, you're sitting on the end of the runway, you're taking off for somewhere. What's the one destination that you want to head toward? That's what we control. Okay. That's what we control. And my tool for managing my mind and shifting negative experiences are a big part of it is my daily thought download process, my journaling process, morning pages. You may be familiar with that, but it's really waking up each day. First thing I do before I get out of bed, I weigh in. What's my emotional state? What am I feeling? What's the primary emotion that's coming out for me? Am I feeling tired that I didn't sleep well, that I'm already starting the day with not enough? Or am I feeling energized and empowered, ready to get out of bed? Okay. How I start the day, the feelings and emotions and how I start that day charts the course for everything. And when I know this going in, when I can, before I even get out of bed, know that I'm feeling lack in some area, I can begin to master those thoughts. And then when a challenge comes up, I can meet it. I can feel it. I don't push the feeling away. I am aware of it. I accept it. 
Well, ultimately, first I'm aware of it. I acknowledge it. Then I accept it. And I allow myself to fully experience the feeling. Am I feeling sad over something that happened yesterday? It's over. Feeling sad today, while I'm going to allow myself that for a bit, especially when it involves something like a death or something, you know, big like that. We don't get over that immediately. I'm not suggesting that. But I have to feel it, experience it, allow myself to go ahead and get mad, get hurt, get bitter, get angry. Allow yourself to go through all those emotions and feelings, just feel it all. And then we begin to work to get beyond it. And we'll work on getting over it later. But right now, we're just going to get beyond that feeling, that negative emotion for right now, just emotion by emotion. And you'll find that taking deep breaths in and out, we can work through just about any emotion or any feeling within about 90 seconds if we just allow it to enter our body, enter our, our space, and just breathe with it. You'll find that it begins to dissipate. I'd love to have you try that and let me know. So check in, define the feeling or emotion. Is it positive or negative? Is it serving you? And here's a hint, even the negative ones serve you. Every feeling or emotion that we have, every experience serves us in some way. It teaches us something. It gives us a growth opportunity. So we weigh in. How am I feeling? Is this the feeling I want to be feeling? What's causing this feeling? Do I control this feeling? Am I able to change it? Or we can always change the feeling. We can't change the circumstance, event, or person that created it initially, but we can change our reaction to it. So I always ask myself, does this feeling serve the self-image that I have for myself today and into the future? What's on my goal sheet for today? What do I have to get done today? What's the self-image that I want to put forth into the world that I want to embody, that I want to be in order to get those things done that I want to get done? Because self-image or self-concept, however you want to define it, is huge. We all have one. We have a self-image or a self-concept that we're living in today, right now. Sadly, very often that self-image or self-concept drowns in the negative. And our self-image is too often controlled by negative events, negative people, and those old stories from the past. Just like my friend Richard Brooke mentioned and shares in his book, Mock 2 with Your Hair on Fire. He got hit by a baseball one time at an early age and he cried publicly. And from that, he felt embarrassed, humiliated, shame, and then fear. And he allowed that story to affect him for years. As he says, in his mind, he was hit by that baseball a thousand times. He relived that experience a thousand times. So imagine any experience, think about any experience that you've relived in your mind a thousand times, okay? The reality of it is in most cases, that experience probably only happened once, maybe a few other times. I don't want to negate that because everybody's situation is different. You'll know for yourself how many times whatever comes to mind for you actually really happened, okay? But how often do we relive that? And every time we relive it, it brings up that negative emotion and often creates an action or, re or a reaction that keeps us stuck. It forms those beliefs that that is my lot in life. That's my lot in life. That's the best that I can ever expect. 
When we form those beliefs, we react around those over and over and over again. And this is what often sets us up to live that same story over and over again until we decide to change. And that's the next one, change. Change happens when we realize that nothing that happens to us absolutely defines us because it's a choice. So if we choose for it to define us, okay, but that's a choice and it's a choice that we make and it's always a choice. It's not what happens. We don't choose that. What happened happened, but staying stuck in that story and replaying that over and over and over again keeps us stuck. And anytime you can choose to move beyond that. So what story are you repeating? What story would you like to change? What's a new story you can choose to believe and start that change in motion, start that change happening? One of my current clients is struggling with the balance of her life with her pilot on trips and then being home and feeling overwhelmed with kids and diapers and cracker crumbs and juggling it all when she's home by herself. And then he comes home and is often too tired to help out. And she feels like he should be ready to step right in. And the story that she's told me, and I say story, I'm not there. There's three sides to every story, but the story that she's told me and working through the process together um, to determine what, what's real is that he's selfish and never gives her time away from the kids. That's her story. He's selfish and never gives her time away from the kids. And so then, of course, the question becomes, who's right here? Well, there's no right or wrong. It, it, it's not about being right or wrong, because again, there's three sides to every story. But what if, instead of being stuck in the story of something that happened before, where he came home from a trip and was too tired to help, what if there was a chance to open communication and change that old story and create choices and new chances? Whew, I know there was a lot of C's in that, right? Communicate, a chance to communicate, to change, to create choices, to create new chances, a lot of C's in there. there. The reality of it is there's a transition for most pilots about re-entry from the job and that whole life where they compartmentalize, another C, into home life. And we've covered this on other shows and I'll link to some of these shows in the show notes for you. But communication around this might start with just asking the pilot first, what do you need when you arrive home? What will best serve you so that you can Get back in, get, you know, leave behind the work life, get back into home life, be part of the family, reintegrate back into that to close out the trip and come back into the fold of family life, just simply asking the question. So for my client, I asked her to come up with some ways that she might also find to get what she needs. Start by opening that conversation. What does he need immediately upon arriving home? What would serve him best? And what we discovered together was that one area where she's not been taking care of herself is in the self-care area. Every mom needs a break. I mean, come on. And too often women, I find, I know this was my own experience, we don't ask for or communicate our own needs. We don't communicate these very words. And I can tell you from experience, most men are not mind readers. We aren't either ladies, but for sure, most men aren't mind readers. And so for us to assume that they should just know that this is what we want or need leads us down a broken path that's going to hit a dead end. 
I can tell you for sure, my pilot, my husband is not a mind reader. Um, he never hesitates to state what he needs or wants in this area. And I admire him for that. He manages to fit in the gym, to fit in whatever rest, um, recreation, whatever he's got going on. Um, he manages to find and make time to fit that in. Yet as women, okay, coming back to that, put your own oxygen mask on first. We often have this tendency to put ourselves on the back burner. We almost martyr ourselves without even meaning to. We skip the gym. We skip the walk. We skip the girls' night out. The little break just to run to the coffee shop, go to book club, go to the library, just be alone for an hour without little fingers and mouths and voices tugging at you. So for my client, when she opened up the conversation by simply asking him, how do you want to handle coming home? What would make coming home exciting and fun and refreshing for you? And then she just listened without her own agenda. And then after he communicated what worked best for him, she then communicated that she needs some time too. And she found out very quickly that he is extremely open to this. He was happy even that she was being more assertive about what she wants. Again, even he said, I can't read your mind. They don't. So what this couple settled on was first, she makes sure that she takes advantage of time to herself when he's home. And for sure, on the last day before he goes on a trip, she makes sure she looks at that day ahead of time, knowing that this is going to be like her, um, you know, storing up some, some good, good, uh, uh, putting into a deposit in her bank account first to get her ready for that time where she's solo. So the last day before he leaves on a trip, she looks at that and she'll schedule as much or any amount of time that she can to go do something for herself. And again, this is called putting your own oxygen mask on first. And what he wants, he wants 30, he wants to know that he can have 30 minutes to an hour when he arrives home to decompress. Now, that doesn't mean he's not going to greet her at the door and the kids, but he's just not going to be expected to walk in the door and become the main parent right away. Now, again, there's always exceptions. Life throws us curveballs, and sometimes that has to happen. But for the most part, on the average day, whatever, this is something that they've worked out to try to make happen for them. Now, it brings me back to a story I had that I grew up with. Um, I had a cousin who I watched from an early age. She was a number of years older than me, but she married and had kids way before I was even out of uh, probably junior high, probably maybe even younger than that. But I used to always watch her say, Robert, it's your turn. The minute he got home, the minute he walked in the door, it was always, Robert, it's your turn. And I remember those words coming from her mouth repeatedly. And as a teenager, as I got older, it always stuck out to me. Um, and needless to say, their marriage did not survive. And look, I'm sure there's far more to the story than that. I just remember above anything else, that was what I always observed from their relationship. And she was my cousin. He married into it. But I don't ever remember him being that way, but I remember her being that way. And for whatever reason, that always stuck out to me that, you know, the minute he walked in, it was like, it's your turn, you're on. No question about what had gone on in his day, any, any of that. So um, in summary with that, just be open to changing stories from the past and avoid labeling yourself or others based on these old stories. And it was kind of funny, the more that my client and I talked about it, the more she even said, well, that's really only happened twice. And it was when she was feeling super frustrated, wanted him to walk on the door out in the door and 
her be able to walk out like she had just had enough. And hey, I totally get it. I can totally relate. I had many of those days myself. Here's the thing, though. People can and do change. Sometimes they're just not aware because they're not a mind reader of what it is that we want and need. I was recently speaking with someone very close to me who had done something that had created hurt for another person. And her comment to me was, I know I'm a bad person. And it just broke my heart when she said that to me. Because here's the question, does hurting someone make someone a bad person? Does it define a person forever? Or does it just simply offer an opportunity for growth and learning, for doing better? This is where chances come in. Everything in life is about chances. Chances to learn, grow, experience, and discover. So when something happens to us, or when we hurt another through our own actions, whatever the case, after taking the time to fully feel and experience emotions and feelings, ask yourself, what can I take away from this? What can I learn from this? How might I grow from this? How will I create a better, more positive story about this for the future? So I hope you found this helpful. I always love your feedback. Go to pilotwifepodcast.com and let me know. So next up, let's hear some comments from some of our listeners. This came from, this was the title, Future Husband Pilots Need This Too. I discovered your show after your podcast with Airplane Geeks. Happy to say I was interviewed by the Airplane, Airplane Geeks on their podcast. I'll put that in the show notes. It's fascinating to hear how aviation families operate. I'm not a pro pilot, but my young son is planning to be one, and I'm already nervous how this career will work for his future marriage and family. This is very eye-opening and real. Thank you and all your guests. Next one, friends that get it. Huge thanks to you for creating a place where I feel normal. We live quite a distance from my husband's base, and I don't have anyone close that understands this lifestyle. Hearing from friends that know is so reassuring. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be that voice. That's one of my goals for sure. And I'd love to share your comments on the show. So if you like the show, please leave me a rating and a review. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, and give us a five-star rating and a review. And I look forward to reading yours on the show. And more than anything, certainly it helps me feel good and it keeps me going, but it helps get the word out to other pilot and aviation wives and members and anyone who struggles with a unique type lifestyle. There are lots of people who can benefit from this information, even if they're not part of aviation. This is how the algorithm works. Ratings and reviews are what put it out there for more people to find it. And did you know I have a bunch of free resources for you? How to upgrade your life and get off the struggle bus. Just go to upgrade.pilotwifepodcast.com. I have the pilot wife checklist, how to live a great pilot wife life. Go to pilotwifechecklist.com. And of course, my health coaching and nutritional coaching, my intermittent fasting and sugar shakedown guide are all there as well. Just go to peakperformancehabits.com. You can also go to resources.pilotwifepodcast.com. 
I am a mindset and peak performance coach, so I work mostly with women to help them rediscover their own sense of identity and purpose and create that better flight plan, avoid that turbulence, and put their own oxygen mask on first. So if you are interested in having a discussion with someone who's been a pilot wife for over 33 years, navigating thousands of miles and moments of life in aviation, along with mommyhood and business, schedule a call with me. Go to coach.pilotwifepodcast.com. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist at pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a topic suggestion or a story to share on the show, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share the show with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone in aviation you know who might share and benefit from this similar experience. I'll see you on the journey.